0: morning church. If we haven't met, my name is Terry Swan. I'm the senior pastor here. We're delighted that you've joined us for worship this morning. And um, this just proves Tim Power can play a guitar from any position, right? (laughs) My goodness. Isn't he great? The whole band. Great. Thank you so much. Well, let's pray. Let's begin by prayer. Holy and loving God, I pray that you touch my mind my heart, my soul, my lips, my tongue, my voice. Help me to get out of the way, O oh God, that I might be your servant as broken as I am to proclaim your good news, to proclaim your word. May the meditations of my heart and words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, my blessed Savior and Redeemer. In Jesus' name, And we all said, amen. That's a good start right there. Okay. How about we find a new one? Yeah. Here. Let's take this one. Okay. Set change. Hold on a minute. All right. There we go. I think that was Stephen's old one at traditional service, and it managed to get over here to the modern. He kind of... Said, okay, I'm going to get rid of this, and then we picked it back up over here. Well, last week we began a new sermon series. Okay, thank you. We'll put that one back up here now. All right. (laughs) Hey, hey, Deb, bring my notes back. I didn't need humor for the service, it's just here. <laughs> That's right. Last week we began a new sermon series entitled, Appropriately Flawed <laughs> and Faithful, and uh, which we take a deeper look at the biblical characters, some of the most beloved and well-known biblical characters in the Bible. And last week we focused on Abraham, the father of faith, we said. And this week, we're going to take a deeper look at one of the most well-known in the Old Testament, Moses. Now, I would guess that most of us know a little bit about Moses, right? We know a little bit, especially since the Ten Commandments has been shown every Holy Week since 1973. And I think most of us, you have to admit here, Can you kind of give me a hand raise if you think of Charlton Heston when we talk about Moses, right? Yeah, we see him, we hear his voice, all of that. And there are numerous books out there on Moses, including one recently written that I would recommend to you by Reverend Adam Hamilton. It's a great book, and if you want to know more about Moses in a deeper way, this is a great book to pick up. But there is an abundance of material out there on Moses. And so, unlike Abraham's story that is found in the midst of the book of Genesis, Moses' story takes up the whole book of Exodus and then continues on in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So we would be here for weeks and weeks if we tried to look at every facet of his life. So we're going to look at probably the story that is most well-known. It is the story of his call, the burning bush, and this comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Moses was taking care of the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. He led his flock out of the edge of the desert, and he came to God's mountain called Horeb. The Lord's messenger appeared to him in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush, and Moses saw that the bush was in flames but didn't burn up. Then Moses said to himself, let me check out this amazing sight and find out why the bush isn't burning. When the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, I'm here. Then the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. He continued, I am the God of your father, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know about their pain. I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of that land and bring them to a good and broad land, a land that's full of milk and honey, a place where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezerites, the Hivites, the Jebusites all live. Now, the Israelites' cries of injustice have reached me. I've seen just how much the Egyptians have oppressed them. So get going. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. God says, I know what's going on in Egypt, and I am sending you. Born under the threat of execution, Moses knew the Lord provided for him even before he could remember. Moses had been born during a time in which the pharaoh had ordered the killing of all male Hebrew children born in slavery, in fear that their numbers would grow so large that there would be an uprising at some point. So if you look back at the beginning of Moses' story, we can see a clever plan put in place by his big sister, Miriam. She places Moses in a floating basket on the Nile River, just in the direction that his, her baby brother floats down the river toward where the pharaoh's daughter is residing. And she knows, she just knows that she will surely care for her baby brother. She does. And Miriam then arranged for him to be wet nursed by his own mother with pharaoh's money paying for the privilege. Smart girl, right? In Hebrew... Moses, the name Moses, literally means to pull out. To pull out. As he was pulled out of the river and saved from death. And now, God is sending Moses to pull the people out of Egypt. He's sending Moses. He says, so get going. I'm sending you to save them from slavery, suffering, and death. He's going to pull the people out of oppression. Now, in the first, bi- verse, the first study Bible I ever owned, I have Exodus chapter 2, verses 24 and 25 highlighted and marked as a favorite passage. It says this, God heard their cry of grief, their cry of grief, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked at the Israelites, and God understood. How comforting is that? How comforting is that, that God looked and God understood. He heard their cries. Now, different translations use different words for this cry of grief that is in the common English Bible. Some translations say groaned. Some say cried, moaned, because there's no single English word that means what the Hebrew means. It means this guttural scream. He could hear their guttural screams. And he understands. Adam Hamilton writes this. Notice how, having seen, heard, and known the pain of the Israelites, God responded. He did not send a legion of angels to liberate the the Israelite slaves from Egypt. No, God showed up in a burning bush to an 80-year-old shepherd. And not just any 80-year-old shepherd. He found a shepherd who was fluent in the Egyptian language, who had been an insider when it came to Egyptian power and rule, and who knew philosophy, religion, law, and governance. God didn't send an angel. He sent a person. God calls Moses to respond to the suffering, injustice, and pain of God's people. And yet, unlike Abraham, who we found out last week, the scripture said, left just as he was told. Moses spends some time in, let's say, conversation with God about this call. In fact, he wanted to tell God no. There was a reason he did not want to go back to Egypt. You see, he had murdered one of the slave drivers at the side of him beating the slaves... And he had just escaped by the skin of his teeth before he would have been killed for going against the Pharaoh. So I ask you, would you want to go back to a country where your face was on a wanted poster? Probably not. Most of us probably don't have to answer that question either. But how many of us, let's say, have something in our past that we would rather leave behind? Something that makes us think that we're unworthy of God's call a bad decision years ago a secret in the closet a chapter of life we hope no one ever finds out about so unlike Abraham Moses begins I think like most of us do questioning God he begins by saying who am I that you would send me Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? In other words, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I did? Don't you know how broken and flawed I am? How many of us have asked that same question of God? I know I have. Who am I, God, that you would want me to serve in this way? Or teach a Bible study or a Sunday school class or be a youth leader, or organize the meal ministry. Who am I, God, that you would want me to do this? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know how sinful and flawed and broken I am? If you did, you wouldn't call me. No, you'd find somebody else. But that's not how God works, is it? God calls the most unlikely of people to carry out his mission, people like you and people like me and people like Moses, to be his leaders and often what I would call reluctant leaders. Amen? Grace is poured upon us in that call, and it is in our brokenness that God does his best work. It is the Apostle Paul who tells the church in Corinth about how Christ works through us. I pleaded with the Lord three times for it to leave me alone. He's talking about that thorn in his side, that call. He said to me, "My grace is enough for you, because power made perfect weakness. So I'll gladly spend my time bragging about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power can rest on me. Therefore, I'm all right with weaknesses." insults, disasters, harassments, and stressful situations for the sake of Christ because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Amen. Moses, he's not comfortable with his weakness, right? So he goes further in this conversation with God, giving him several excuses why he can't Go. The first one, he says, I can't go because I don't even know your name. Who will I say sent me? People aren't just going to listen to me. And God says his name. I am who I am. The Hebrew word is Yahweh. And so he tells him to tell the people that he is the one true God. He says, tell them that I am The one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the one true God, Yahweh. And there's power, you see, in the divine name. And so God takes this excuse away from Moses. Next, Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? You know, it's a possibility that they won't believe me when I say this. And and God then takes that excuse away from Moses by giving him a staff. And miracles can be done through this staff with him. And then next, Moses pleads with God, saying, Well, I'm not very good with words. I get tongue-tied, and I can't speak very well. And God responds by saying, Who makes a person's mouth? Think about it. Who makes a person's mouth, he says? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Good point, God. I've kind of figured this out. You can't really argue with God. You're not going to win. You know, you're not really going to win. But God then concedes with Moses and says, I'll send Aaron along with you. And Aaron can help you speak. Aaron was his brother. So then Moses finally says, Please, God, send anyone else. Anybody done that? I know I have. In essence, God says, nope, you're it. Get going. You know, actually, Moses' objections were more about his inability to trust God than any limitations or weaknesses that he perceived he had. Amen? This is about trust. And I think we've all been there. God, please send anyone else but me. And like Moses, it it isn't about our limitations or our weaknesses that we perceive we have. It is about the trust that we are placing in God. Please, God, send anyone else. What is God calling you to today? Just think about that for a second. What is God calling you to today? It may not be a burning bush moment, so bright and blazing that you can't ignore it. It might be a quiet whisper, a nudge from the Holy Spirit, a pull towards something or someone, or the compulsion that you cannot escape. You see, every one of us is called over and over again to be God's instruments of peace, love, mercy, and yes, deliverance. Yet our flawed human nature makes excuses way more than we would ever want to admit, right? You see, so many times people think a call just comes once, but it doesn't. It comes over and over and over again, our lives are you having a conversation about whatever god is calling you to today a conversation maybe an argument maybe a few excuses or reasons why you can't do what god is nudging you or pulling you toward at every age and stage of life god has a mission a calling for you and for me and our task is to pay attention to the burning bush or the compulsion or the nudge Rabbi Jamie Korgold teaches about paying attention to God's call by saying this I love how he puts this The Bible says when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look God called him out of the bush stressing that it is not until God sees that Moses turns aside that God actually speaks as if this was the actual test. Will Moses notice? Will he take the time to stop and observe this peculiar sight? The rabbis teach us that the striking part of Moses' behavior in the burning bush story, in its original form, is that he takes the time to notice that the bush is burning but not being consumed. It takes patience to notice that something is on fire and not burning up because you have to actually sit with it a while to observe the changes or lack thereof. Maybe you need to sit with God for a while. Maybe you need to pay attention to what is happening around you. So that you can notice what God has in store for you. It may be something that you never imagined, it may be something that only you can do. Nevertheless, God will tell you at some point in this journey we call faith to get going, Moni, that God is calling you. To something specific. To something worthwhile. It's not always easy, is it, church? But God's blessings will be poured upon you in the, in the midst of the journey. I'm going to invite the band to come on back up. And as they come back up, let's think for a moment. What, what is God having a conversation with you about? Remember, trust is the key. We have to trust God in the midst of it. That God will see us through. We pray with me? Good and gracious God, help us to notice you. To reflect upon your voice in our lives. And may we get going. May we have the faith in the midst of our brokenness to trust you. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we pray this. Amen.